This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 158, Bank on Yourself, What's in it for Insurance Companies, with Forrester's Financial Chief Distribution Officer, Matt Berman. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hello, and welcome to our latest episode of our podcast, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. There are certain episodes, I just got to say, you know, it's like kids, you can't really pick your favorite, but there are some episodes that I just really can't wait to give to you guys, our wonderful audience. And this is one of those episodes. I think a lot of our content comes from discussions I have with clients and friends and people just looking around at this concept, wanting to learn more about the bank on yourself strategy. And, you know, to be very honest, one of the common questions that comes up is, hey, Mark, this idea of bank on yourself sounds so cool. However, what's in it for the insurance companies? Why would they offer guaranteed cash accumulation? Why would they offer the ability to borrow against the policy and still let it continue to grow for us, of all things. So that's a question I wanted to get straight from the proverbial horse's mouth, I guess. Uh, So I wanted to bring on an insurance company executive who I know and have worked with for many years. His name is Matthew Berman. And Matt Berman works with Forrester's Financial. They're one of the key companies we have in our portfolio of companies that do offer the bank on yourself type whole life policies we talk about on our podcast. And I think better than me saying any more about it, I'll just introduce Matt and he can take it away from there. So Matt Berman is the chief distribution officer of Forrester's Financial. He's also the president of Forrester's Life Insurance and Annuity Company. So as chief distribution officer of Forrester's Financial, Matt is responsible for life insurance and annuity production development, pricing, and sales across the United States and Canada. So that's quite a few miles. Matt has over 25 years of experience leading strategic planning, sales, marketing and product management organizations in insurance and investment banking. He has worked in global organizations, including AXA, AIG, and Zurich Insurance, motivating customer-focused teams in both their property casualty and life and savings sectors. Matt holds a Bachelor of Arts in English from the University of Pennsylvania and a Master of Business Administration from New York University Stern School. School of Business. Matt is an avid tennis player, a skier, a surfer, and active in community service. So there's a ton of content. We go quite a, a ways into the questions I mentioned at the top of the episode, so I won't make you wait any longer. Here's my interview with Matthew Berman. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Good to be here. All right. We've got a lot of ground to cover, and I've been really looking forward to this conversation to introduce you, Matt Berman, and also Forrester's Financial as one of the insurance companies that we partner with at Lake Growth Financial Services to do the bank on yourself strategy and to provide financial strategies for our clients. But how did Matt Berman get to where you are today? How did you end up at Forrester's Financial? I've been in the financial services sector 
for over 25 years since graduation from college. I've spent a large amount of that time in the insurance space. The first half of my career I spent on the property and casualty side. And through uh, a mutual friend after business school, I was introduced to the CEO at what is now Equitable. And at the time, it was owned by the global insurance organization, AXA. And this is 2006. I joined that organization in a corporate strategy role. And I spent 10 years there. I was fortunate to see the business from a number of different angles. And eventually, I got deeper into the actual life insurance business unit. And I was fortunate to spend time in the sales organization and the product development organization. I, I was privileged to be in a number of leadership roles. And that gave me, in some respects, a, a PhD on the life insurance marketplace. Then fast forward three years ago, I was introduced to the then CEO of Forrester's Financial. At the time, I wasn't terribly familiar with Forrester's. I knew of it by name, and I knew that it was a fraternal, and it certainly piqued my interest. And after meeting the senior management team and getting to know Forrester's in terms of its DNA, how it's structured, the market that it serves, I, I instantly grew excited on the opportunity of joining this this business. And I, I feel today, as I felt three years ago, that Forrester's is unique by design. It's unique in terms of the market that it serves. And based on those two elements, I felt that the opportunity was really limitless in terms of growing this organization, growing a footprint. And it's, as I said, really held up to that expectation. We're doing some innovative, phenomenal things. We are serving our, our membership and our membership is effectively our policyholders in ways that I think really differentiates us from other insurance companies in North America. And over the past three years, I've been fortunate to see the business from a number of different perspectives. And today, I oversee our sales organization in Canada and the US, and I oversee our product organization, which includes our development group and our pricing organization in Canada and the US as well. And it's been a great ride, a great journey, and I work with some fantastic folks in our organization. And we've been able to do some pretty unique things to serve our membership as cost-effectively and as, as comprehensively as possible. That's fantastic. And Matt, you're doing a great job. One of the key phrases you mentioned, two phrases that I want to dial in on. One, you said the word members, and that's different yep. than customers or I don't know what you could choose. So tell me why folks at Foresters that own a policy through Foresters are considered members, maybe than just customers. And also, yep. what is a fraternal benefit society? And how is that different than maybe yep. other insurance companies? I'll take the last part first, because I think that it may give a better understanding of how the organization works and how we engage with our policyholders. We are, as you said, a fraternal benefit society. And the best way to think about that is in the life insurance market, 
typically you have one of two categories of companies, stock companies, and those companies are owned by the stockholders. At the end of the day, there are for-profit organizations owned by the shareholders. You have another category, which is mutual insurance companies. And mutuals are a bit different. And the big difference is the fact that the policyholders are the owners of the business. And there's some great mutual organizations out there, but Forrester's is a bit different. So we're a fraternal. And as I said, the best way to think of it is under these two categories, we look more like a mutual company. We're owned by our policyholders. But the difference is our policyholders are classified as members. They are members of this fraternal benefit society. And by virtue of membership, you are entitled to certain rights and privileges, which includes benefits. And how we structure that, how we fund it, and how we support it is fairly simple by design. Effectively, a portion of our earnings goes back to our membership. And we would deliver benefits that could look like scholarships, community grants. There could be other products and services we may offer to those individuals, to those households. And what I found when I started to learn about foresters is that this is pretty unique. You can probably do a number of things through this membership construct, which gives new life to what a life insurance company could offer. And I think of organizations in terms of the holistic value they present to its customer base. And traditional life insurance companies do a really good job of providing life insurance policies and providing promises in the event of an unlikely claim. We can do that, and we do that responsibly. But when you supplement, or I should say complement it with benefits, you've really now broadened the value proposition to something a bit more unique. And in our world, I, I think that means a lot. Now, I'll go down another path on what would characterize a fraternal benefit society. Typically, fraternals exist to support a certain group of individuals, a population, and that could be by religious affiliation, it could be by country of origin, by cultural background, and there are a number of them out there that affiliate to these populations or these groups of individuals. And what I love about foresters is we're secular by design in terms of our mission. So our competitors may serve the interest of individuals of, as I said, a religious affiliation. But with foresters, our mission is pretty simple and I think extremely timely and relevant. And I personally believe that life insurance promotes a social benefit. And what's interesting about foresters is we recognize that the real opportunity, the big play in terms of creating the, the largest societal impact is that those households, their protection interests are served to the extent that they have retirement needs. Those needs are served through our products and through our member benefits. 
Matt, that's exactly right. And I would totally agree with you that the forester's experience is somewhat, I'd say, categorically different than especially a stock-held company where outside stockholders are taking quarterly profits off the top of that business. No, you, uh, Forrester's reinvests, and maybe that's the wrong word. We're not talking like a SEC security or anything, but you guys put the profit back into the members, either by way of dividends or through other member benefits. And did you mention some of those benefits, the college scholarships available, the yeah. member grants? And I know I've had the privilege of being uh, a, a member of Forrester's for a number of years now, but I have been able and had the privilege to uh, help with Habitat for Humanity uh, projects yep. that Forrester's put on. Can you talk some about what Forrester's does in the way of just providing a, a space for us to engage our neighbor and uh, serve our community? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that, Mark, because now more than ever, living through the COVID-19 crisis, I feel like this is our opportunity to rise to the occasion and really serve our members in ways beyond just our core products and services. And so to your exact point, we've been accelerating the ways that we can offer assistance. One of the things that we recently launched in recognition of this challenging time is caring through crisis. And we are offering grants up to $250. They're virtual grants that allow our members to serve individuals working on the front line. Like yourself, Mark, I'm a member and I live in a community. I live in New York and New York has just been hit hard by this, by this crisis. And as a member, I have an opportunity to, let's say, buy lunch for individuals that are working in the emergency room or, hey, any essential workers that may be out there that don't necessarily have the luxury of staying at home and, and isolating in a way where they are fully protected. This has been revolutionary. It's really been an effort that I think underscores our values and what we are really doing day to day and why we exist. And it's gotten a lot of traction. We've seen a lot of interest, not surprisingly, the folks that elect to purchase our products and services really do have an interest in, in promoting our mission to help and to support the well-being of families and their communities. Again, not surprising, we've seen the interest that we've had and we've been able to put real dollars at work to help individuals like you and me who are out there doing some pretty amazing work in this challenging time. Now, that's one example. And it's one example which is timely. And what I love about this is we've got competitors that are doing amazing things as well that are putting dollars into, into charitable works. But what I love about this is that we're really seeing the benefit immediately. It's going to people on the front line. They're seeing and they're capturing just the, they're capturing the goodwill of all of our members immediately. And just being able to see that gratification, to see that at play is incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Now, on a, on a, a separate front, we recently announced a partnership with an organization called LawSure. And LawSure provides 
legal support primarily wills online and all of our members have this service at their disposal at no additional charge. And again, you think about what we do. We're in the protection business. We're providing uh, products that can support retirement needs. And that's not simply a one and done type service. There are so many ancillary needs and responsibilities around protecting yourself and thinking about your future. And providing a will and having a will in place is just another area that completes your full protection, your full agenda on supporting and protecting your family. So this partnership with LawAssure has been fantastic. Again, similar to Caring Through Crisis, it's gotten a lot of interest and we're seeing a lot of engagement from, from the, our folks. And it's been just wonderful being able to differentiate ourselves a little bit further and being there when folks really need us. You've done a great job of distinguishing what a fraternal benefit society is and can be. You know, if Tom Shoes ever started a life insurance company, it would probably look a lot like Forrester's. And in fact, you guys have a very unique, in fact, I don't know of it existing anywhere else in the universe, financial universe, uh, the charity benefit writer, which is tied to every, uh, at least every life insurance policy I set up through Forrester's for clients. Can you describe what is a charity benefit writer? Yeah, you know, the writer allows for the policyholder, the member, to designate a portion of the proceeds of the death claim. And let me clarify that. It's not taken away from the proceeds of the life insurance. It's in addition to the benefit, in addition to the face amount that you get on that policy. And what we do is electing the charity benefit rider, 1% of the face amount will go to a charity of your choice. And it's an incredible way to leave a legacy. I, I felt uh, a certain sense of comfort when I purchased and I set up life insurance thinking about my family. But what that does is you can think about leaving a legacy and doing something that's beyond yourself and something that will stay and contribute to your community, to a charity when you're gone. And I just think that's another way of just being responsible, thinking holistically, thinking of yourself beyond your family, but doing something that's promoting a societal benefit. And again, it aligns directly to our mission. It aligns directly to our aspirational goals. And uh, it's been a really good success story. You're right. If I've got a million dollar death benefit to leave my family, they get all $1 million of that death benefit. But what you're saying is in my name, if I was the one that passed, foresters would leave an extra 10 grand to a charity of my choosing which is just above and beyond the gift that I'm leaving my family. And I think that's tremendous. That's exactly it, right. It speaks directly to the values of foresters. Okay, so I have to address the elephant in the room now. How ah. is it possible for foresters to have made it through this crisis when Wall Street was you know, writhing in pain earlier this spring? And who knows what it's doing as this episode goes live for everyone. Uh, how can yeah. a life insurance company survive and even thrive and pay out dividends in the midst of a pandemic. And by the way, this is not the first time Foresters has gone through a, a, a pandemic. It was here 140 yeah. years ago. So it went through 1918's 
uh, flu pandemic as well. How could that be? How yeah. could we possibly see a profitable business model taking us through good times and bad? Yeah, thanks for that question. It's a good one, given what we're facing today. And, and what we've faced from past generations, we've lived through some pretty challenging times, as our competitors have as well. And what's even more interesting when you think about it, coming back to the delineation of stock versus mutual companies, as a stock company, uh, if you're publicly traded, you can go into the capital markets and raise money. You can do that fairly easily. And that's one of the benefits of being a stock company, as a mutual company or as a fraternal benefit society. But you don't necessarily have access to that type of capital with that degree of ease. And that, in my mind, makes it all the more interesting that we have not only survived, but we've thrived over the past 140 plus years. And I think that's uh, a function of, of a couple of things. One, as a company that looks more like a mutual, so as a fraternal, again, we are serving the interests of our members. Our members are our owners at the end of the day. The advantage we have in that scenario is, while earnings and performance is extremely valuable to us, because at the end of the day, we have to think of longevity of the business, reinvestment in the business, investment in the membership. We've always thought of our business in the long term. Now, the disadvantage of being a stock company or a publicly traded stock company, you're beholden to quarterly earnings metrics that could impact your stock price. With Foresters, we don't necessarily have that degree of pressure. And in a business which is selling long-duration assets, we have to think longer term. Of course, we always have to think of how are we performing in the here and now? How are we managing our day-to-day -day operations? And quarterly results are very important to us. But we also have the ability and a bit of the latitude to think long-term. And for a life insurance company, profits don't emerge in the here and now. I saw a policy today I'm not earning profit on that policy today. Profits emerge over time. So we naturally have to think about how to keep customers engaged, how to think about paying claims down the road. And what that has done is it's led us to a very healthy and conservative investment policy. So we take in premium, we take that premium, we invest it through our general account. We think of investments conservatively. We're not thinking of stretching for yield. We're not thinking about investing in risky assets to, let's say, boost interest crediting, to boost dividend. Again, we have to be here for the next 150 years. And so uh, longer-term planning, conservative investing, and again, the structure of our organization as a fraternal gives us a bit more latitude to think long-term. And I've been in organizations, I've seen organizations that have pressures that are immediate. And at times, some of those immediate pressures may lead you to decisions that could provide 
immediate return, but not necessarily longevity. And so I think we're fortunate to be able to strike that balance very well. And it's paid dividend, meaning that when I look at the strategic plays that we've made, how we've invested our resources, we are extremely well capitalized for this period of time where we're managing low interest rates, we're managing uncertainty, and that simply means that we can continue to take on new members. We can continue to write new policies and we can enter the market with the aspiration to grow our business. And it's an it's a challenging time, but it's also a very exciting time. I feel like for a business like ours, we're here to rise to the occasion of our existing members, our independent distributors, and our prospective members down the road. You're exactly right. It is very refreshing as a financial planner, certified financial planner, professional, and as a, a guy who wants to grow his own net worth and hopefully provide a, a legacy to his family. It's refreshing to hear that the company that I'm entrusting some of my money to has the long term in mind. I don't expect to need money just for the next 90 days. I need that company to be around for my lifetime and my kids' lifetime and beyond. So that's refreshing. Absolutely. Refreshing. I want to hear from you as best as you can give us an answer on this question, but I get term insurance and many of our listeners understand term insurance uh, as a temporary period of time when I need coverage for a life insurance need while my kids are in the house and that sort of thing. And a lot of our listeners are now familiar through our episodes and elsewhere of cash value life insurance designed the bank on yourself way. But what is, and we get a lot of our episodes cover the benefits of cash value life insurance, guaranteed cash accumulation under current law, it's tax-free access to the money, the ability to borrow and let the policy continue to grow as if you had not borrowed against the policy's cash value. All that's awesome. But what is in it for foresters? Why would foresters mm -hmm. and similar companies, why would foresters be willing to offer such incredible mm -hmm. financial benefits? What's in it for the company to offer loans and cash value access to the money? Just help us understand the environment there. Yes, I, I think it comes down to uh, a couple of different things. One, diversification of our risk, one, and in persistency. So we recognize, and I think, Mark, you summed it up very well. Life insurance is a vehicle to provide for a spectrum of needs, whether it's simple protection needs or it's more complex estate planning needs. So life insurance companies and foresters is included in that in that category and look to diversify risk and in targeting protection needs and there are companies out there that are resolute and are focused on simple protection needs we have felt that we can better diversify our risk we can better manage profitability by supporting a spectrum of products that are serving different needs. And as you said, term products, hey, simple protection needs for income replacement. But we also recognize that life insurance can be used more broadly. So in addition to providing uh, a, a, a benefit at the time of death, those products 
can be used to build up cash value. And the premium levels are different across products that offer simple protection needs to products that are offering more permanent needs or permanent solutions for needs that would cover not only protection, but perhaps supplemental retirement needs or needs for unanticipated life events. And beyond just the diversification, as I mentioned, life insurance companies, when you sell a product today, profits don't emerge today. As a matter of fact, that's when a big you look statement. At the- Say that again, because that's an important sentence. If, I, if I'm a life insurance company, I'm actually losing money that first year after I set up a new policy right. for John Smith. Is that right? That's exactly right. So I'll dive into that a little bit deeper so your audience knows exactly where I'm coming from. So if you took an illustrative life insurance company that was selling its first product, its first policy, what would typically happen is you're paying out a acquisition expense. And so over a long enough duration, whether it's selling a 10-year term policy or a permanent whole life policy, the insurance company is one, breaking even on its acquisition expense over time. Renewal premiums, persistent renewal premiums, one, get an insurance company to its break-even point, and then over time, profits emerge. And so back to your very astute question on what's in it for us as a life insurance company, the ability for a policyholder or our member to pay not only the first premium, but renewal premiums over time is extremely valuable. And with a permanent product, like whole life, typically you would see really strong persistency on those, on those products. And that persistency contributes to strong business quality, which is, in fact contributes to profitability. And let me just and kind of step why, in. Oh, um, and let me just step in very quickly for our listeners. Yeah. Persistency is, is another way of saying uh, if you start a whole life policy, you're very likely, most likely to continue to fund it for a long period of time because the more you keep the policy funded, the more efficient it grows, the more wealth you've accumulated in cash value. It's for your whole life. That's the whole point. <laughs> so a long exactly period of time. Right. And you're saying on Forrester's side of the ledger, the longer the policyholder or member keeps it, the more profitable it is for Forrester's which, oh, by the way, Forrester's is owned by the policyholder member. So that profit just rolls right back into dividend yields and overall growth of the members who are the, the, they themselves funding their own policies. It's almost like a, a co-op. Am I, am I following yeah, you everything you know, so far there? Yeah, I, I think you've articulated that much more eloquently than I did, Mark. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but so you brought up the idea of persistency. I just wanted to clarify that for our listeners. Yeah. That's a new term for a lot yeah. of us, but go on, continue. So it, was there uh, more parts to this that over time, this becomes a more profitable engine for foresters, not to mention, we're not just a term company, right? You're actually building a diversified portfolio in case one should pop or go, or just it, it provides a diversification of the foresters risk to have multiple products out there. That's exactly right. Not unlike McDonald's might have a, a hamburger, but also a salad for those that prefer one or the other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's right. Simple. So we manage and support a diverse portfolio of products 
that behave in different ways and provide solutions for different needs. And while a permanent product like Whole Life is sold at a different price point, what we've experienced is based upon, one, we sell a long-duration liability. It's really important to have persistency or the ability to continue making payments on that policy so profits emerge and to your other point we can reinvest back into our membership and for a life insurance company to work effectively there are a lot of stakeholders and constituents that have to really that have to cooperate to to make it run smoothly our agents our intermediaries you mark you're an ambassador of foresters you're appointed with us and it's really important that you are promoting you are supporting policyholder or member behavior that that is in line with our expectations because one we're now in a better position to pay out all of the claims that we have agreed to underwrite and at the end of the day as persistency emerges or as better business quality emerges we're in a better position to provide the most competitive dividend scale the most competitive interest crediting rate and of course relevant member benefits that round out what we do in this protection space retirement planning space for our middle market membership it's a unique story. It's, a, I think, a valuable one. The world is a better place with foresters in it. Uh, I'd actually love to, as we're wrapping up here, Matt, I'd love to know, you've had the privilege of being an ambassador yourself for this great company. What, if you had 30 seconds, Super Bowl <laughs> ad, once we have Super Bowls again, <laughs> we have Super Bowls again. If, if you had 30 seconds to speak to the world, essentially, what would you want them to know, either about foresters or just whole life insurance in general, um, but particularly from your vantage point, what would you want the world to hear? It's probably three things. The first, I would say, and I'm going to round up on our tenure. We're a 150-year-old company with a 21st century charter. And it's funny, when I describe what we do and our purpose-driven DNA. I've worked with uh, a number of financial services executives. I've seen a number of different sectors in this incredibly large industry. People are always fascinated when I tell them about what we do, how long we've been around, and our unique structure. And most people come back to this sense of innovation that was somewhat unintended 150 years ago. But when you think about what we do and how we operate with purpose, with a sense of social betterment, these are buzzwords that you hear from a lot of other companies, regardless of industry, whether it's consumer cyclicals, whether it's in professional services, everyone talks about being purpose-driven, being in the business to promote a social good. And I chuckle because this has been in our DNA 
for over a century. So that's the first thing. The second thing, and we didn't get into this at the outset of the interview, but in 2019, we made a number of strategic moves to focus on life insurance as our main business. Now, life insurance is a very broad term. There are a number of life insurance companies that are involved in other adjacent sectors, whether it's retirement plan services, 401k, 403b type work. We are focused exclusively in fixed life insurance and independent distribution in North America. And prior to 2019, we had an asset management business. We had a broker dealer. We sold those businesses to exclusively focus on what we do well, which is underwriting mortality risk and supporting independent distributors like yourself. And the last thing I would mention, and I know I'm going over my 32nd uh, commercial spot, but I sometimes just can't help myself. As a business that is focused on the well-being of middle market families and communities, now more than ever, this concept of well-being, wellness, is important. And living through an unprecedented crisis like COVID-19 underscores the strategic decision that we made to make wellness one of our hallmarks. And we are going to be investing more in this concept of wellness. We are going to be further investing in areas of wellness that allow our customers, our members, to better engage with foresters, to better engage in volunteerism and community activities. And ultimately, I think this could be another differentiator for us where you could actually embed a reward system into your products and services based on wellness. And I I think, again, back to three years ago when I came here, I really felt I was entering or joining an organization that had just this limitless capacity for innovation and for promoting a societal benefit beyond just simple life insurance products that are really well designed for the middle market, easy, transactional, and really great for all of our appointed agents. Those are the things to focus in on for me. 150-year-old company, 21st century charter. We are a company that is focusing on what we do extremely well. And being an organization, a fraternal, that is focused on holistic wellness, not necessarily financial wellness, but physical wellness, mental wellness, spiritual wellness. And uh, over the coming months, you'll see more of these initiatives emerge, similar to what we did with diabetes in 2019. And for those reasons, I just feel very proud to be a part of this organization. I feel privileged that I can work with folks like yourself, Mark, and I really do think the sky's the limit for foresters. I couldn't agree more. And honestly, the entire podcast that we put out, all of our conversations, our trainings would not be possible if there weren't well-established century-plus-year-old financial institutions and insurance companies that were willing to provide the, the bank-on-yourself-designed whole-life policies that we've been talking about today. And so I'm really happy that Foresters is so in line with the philosophy and the mindset that comes with 
what we talk about on our podcast. And, and I won't be around maybe for the next 100 plus years, but I know foresters will be. Given everything else, uh, there's an old joke that says uh, if, if we do have nuclear war, the only things that survive will be spam, <laughs> Twinkies, <laughs> and uh, life insurance companies, mutual life insurance companies. So thank you, Matt, for your good work. And uh, thank you for coming on our show together with me today. And I'm just excited to partner on as we head into the future. Wonderful, Mark. Thanks so much for your, for your support as well. Wow, what a cool episode and a great interview with Matt. Thank you again, Matt Berman, for coming on our show and describing from the insurance company's perspective why Bank on Yourself makes sense for the life insurance company, or in this case, Fraternal Benefit Society. And that's a new concept we haven't mentioned much on our show, the Fraternal Organization. But I'd like to give a few takeaways to you guys as we wrap up our episode today. The first of which is, ask yourself what kind of financial institution you want to participate with your money. You have a choice. Now that organizations like Forrester's exists, let your values align with whom you work. That's the first takeaway. The next takeaway is to take to heart the fact that we just had a C-suite executive Come on our podcast and talk about why bank on yourself strategies make sense for the insurance company. For those out there listening to this episode who are still skeptical, thinking that bank on yourself can't possibly be true, then tell me why would an insurance company executive come on my show and talk about its validity? In fact, it even makes great business sense for the insurance companies that offer this strategy through their products think about it from their perspective. This is an opportunity for the insurance company to receive tons more premium than they otherwise would. Uh, If we're comparing this to, say, term insurance, folks throw a few dollars at their term policy, or they could be throwing heaps of cash at their bank-on-yourself-designed whole life policy. Now, we as the policyholders get to benefit from this entire business model And when the insurance company is loaning out those monies, they're getting a favorable interest rate return in a world where the interest rate environment has completely collapsed. Look at the mortgage market right now. 15-year mortgages as of this recording are in the high 2%. So we as policyholders get to benefit from the entire business model since we are, in essence, owner of the company that we have a policy with. Or in the case of Foresters, we are members that collectively own the fraternal organization that we have a policy with. So this business model that Foresters represents has been around for over 150 years. And executives are still touting its benefits, Matt Berman being one of them. Can any other company do that? What about any other part of our financial life? Can any part of our financial life say this except our bank-on-yourself type policies? Can any of your mutual funds say the same. So our third and final takeaway is look into Forrester's Financial. Check out some of their material on the Advantage Plus Whole Life product. That's the name of their policy that we use for Bank on Yourself on occasion for certain clients. Now again, guys, Forrester's is not the only company we work with. We are an independent firm, but they are one of our favorites among half a dozen companies or so for certain people when it comes to building true bank on yourself designed whole life policies. You can find them at foresters.com. Now, a couple of things here, a couple of final notes and announcements. The first of which we have an upcoming live event tomorrow. Tomorrow, guys, September 12th, Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. If you haven't registered yet, 
What are you waiting for? Now's your chance. Let's do this. I want to meet you guys live and in person. This is a chance for you to ask questions live. You can do it through our chat or even come live and ask your question with your voice, of all things. So the topic that we'll be covering on tomorrow's live episode is the strategy of profit first, made popular by Mike McAlowitz, and the strategy of bank on yourself, made popular by Pamela Yellen. Do those two strategies have anything to do with one another? And could they even be made better when they are combined? We love the idea of profit first. We love the idea of bank on yourself. But what if you could put the two together, like peanut butter and jelly, like Thelma and Louise, to make both better than they would be alone? And that's what our co-hosts, Brandon and Amanda Neely, who host the wonderful podcast, Grandma's Wealth Wisdom, will be helping us discover tomorrow, September 12th, 2020, at 11 a.m. Eastern. So get your spot reserved before it's too late. And finally, we want to just say thank you guys for joining me for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.